Thanks for listening to coverage of the Society of Environmental Journalists Annual Conference 2019 in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks to all our members and supporters for making this possible. For more information on this and other sessions, look for the 2019 conference agenda at sej.org. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate where I get to spend um, uh, more time on the ground doing more longer form narrative stories. The, this was a series for Inside Climate News. Um, they came to me saying this was after the 2016 election and they basically felt like um, the divide around climate perception was just so huge and and a lot of the media was just missing the story it was um, to go back to Ed's the six Americans you know there was the the two poles and that's where all the stories were and yet nobody was really talking about all those people in the middle and those are the vast majority of actual humans that inhabit this country so um, so they were like just we're envisioning like a, a series of stories that's very narrative driven about climate change in conservative parts of America. I was like, that's not really what Inside Climate News does. They do like Pulitzer winning um, uh, investigative, you know, Exxon document type stuff. And they're like, no, that's why we want to do it. We want, we need, we realize that we're missing the stories and how much that is an integral part to go to your earlier, um, earlier point. So, um, so that's what I love to do is I love to bring together science and storytelling to try to figure out how those two things can resonate off of each other. I think a lot of times we get one or the other. So how do we bring them together? And so this ended up being a nine part series. I went, um, it was over a year and a half and I, I, it's hard for me to even remember all the, it started in Georgia. Um, with a peach story that um, the peach harvest had totally failed because peaches didn't get the cold that they need in the winter to set the fruit. So total catastrophic failure of Georgia peaches. And um, so a lot of these stories that I went to, I was going to a place where something had happened usually about a year earlier. And so I think there are um, a lot, like to, you, there are tons of like, the peach store, the harvest failed. There's a, you know, there's your quick story and there's your three quotes and then it's done. And I'm just like, what the hell happens a afterwards? Like our, so, so going back to these places later, which I think sometimes can be harder maybe for daily news to get your editors on board, but I think there's so much material there about what um, people are doing going forward because we're talking about this adaptation part of the question. Um, I went to West Virginia. Uh, they'd had a massive flood. It had killed eight people. This little tiny creek had gone over like two, three city blocks, um, taken houses off their foundations. People died, gas explosions, et cetera. So I went there with my my um, my driving question was like, so are you building differently? Is there infrastructure? And this ended up being a story about evangelicals um, who are just like, oh yeah, the whole West is on fire and they, these floods and like, you know, like, so I'm like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna build your houses differently? No, we're gonna get right with God. Like it was very strongly evangelical um, town and it wasn't, they, most of them were using FEMA money to rebuild in the same places they were. A few were going up higher, but a lot weren't. Um, it was a poor community. They, a lot of times the FEMA money didn't go very far. And, um, and they saw the Christian communities in their, 
being there, being the first responders, and being there for years afterwards. The week I was there, they were opening up a house that um, that the Good Samaritans had helped build, and so that's who they see doing the work. And what they need to do is, you know, so it fits a narrative that they hear every single Sunday from a community that they're fully embedded in. And so, trying to say oh, well, you, you should believe in this thing when it doesn't fit the rest of the stories that they're hearing. So just trying to understand what their stories are. Um, that said, I also went to Wheaton College. Uh, Wheaton College, which is an evangelical college um, outside of Chicago. And there, it was a story about young evangelical, evangelicals who were um, really active on climate action and they see it as part of God's work that we are polluting God's creation um, we're we're messing up the art that he has made and and the best thing to do is to be active on it and so that also is just finding those stories that are slightly breaking the narrative of, uh, that all evangelicals, like that there's only one type of evangelical, I think is a common perception for people who are secular. Completely not true. So again, just getting into like the, the six evangelicals, like find your different stories about um, where people believe in these. All of these places I was going, okay, also I stayed in my backyard in Cape Cod um, where they're building, they are, they have the money there, so they are building houses higher. It's actually a very Republican conservative area in Blue, Massachusetts, um, and they're getting hit hard by, uh, by sea level rise and storm surges. So there it was a story of like, you know, this is, this is, um, this is like good for our economy, like that we can build up the, build new houses, we build them stronger, we can withstand the hurricanes, we can do it. The retreat part of the question, still very, very um, much not wanting to be discussed, but, um, but it seems like people are recognizing that, especially as actual houses do tumble into the sea, that that is on the table as well. Um, down on the Gulf shores of Texas, um, the shrimping community is feeling a lot of impacts um, as well as well as oysters, and this is a combination of pollution. There's a lot of different things going on, right, with each of these stories. So again, the conflating things can be tricky, right? What, being really careful about not making sweeping generalizations and trying to at least, in as little word count, you know, as you're given, to at least acknowledge that there are multiple factors within all these, because I think that that is what. Um, people who are skeptical really cling on like, oh, you just say it's this, but it's, the, you know, we're not out of water because of uh, droughts, not because of climate changes, because we're water extraction. That's true in a lot of places. So you need to acknowledge that, like just being very um, balanced within your researching and conveying that story, I think is really important as well. Um, so I won't go through all these because there are a lot of them, but I covered a lot of territory. Wisconsin dog sledders who were losing their sport because they loved it. Montana fly fishermen, same story. So finding things that are close to people's hearts and figuring it out how to to get at their metaphor. And I love what you said about like really listening, like just really listening and not having preconceived notions about what you expect to find on the ground and then listening to them and, and so many times I found the same thing with the metaphors of something that happened while I was on the ground reporting became the structure for my story you know this one girl in North Dakota who was like trying to reach over and, and commune with the cows on her on her ranch her mom's like you, you got to get to know the cows you just, and she just you know this beautiful seven-year-old just standing there waiting for a cow to like come up and, and she was just being patient. And I was like, 
had been hearing from so many of these ranchers in this tiny community how, you know, they all used to kind of get together and now they're all on Facebook and their neighbors say shit on Facebook that they never say in person and then divides are starting to like rise up and that I was hearing all over the place of places communities that used to get together and then they they now know what their neighbors think on social media that they would never say in polite conversation and it's causing a huge schism and so um you know i was hearing from this north divide uh county in um north dakota that they were uh just feeling that difference between like capturing the um there was just like the divide was there and I felt like this little girl you know reaching out and waiting patiently for the cows is like what we need to like cross the divide between this this climate um, perception as much as I could do I would bring the on the ground reporting is so important Um, narrative works because our minds are hardwired for this like this is how we evolved as humans all this tech all the science all of that is not how our brains work. We're still in a very primitive mind, and so that's why stories work. So anything you can do to make those people real, to make their places real, because this is what climate change is about, is that our places are changing in very fundamental ways. I think that grief is a, a big part of it, and one thing we do in response to grief, I just heard this on Hidden Brain, if you remind people of their mortality, they just hunker down and they get stronger with their identity and they get meaner to people who are not in their club. It's like brain science. So, <laughs> and you know, behavioral economics plays into it. Um, a really positive story was in West Texas where young wind turbine technicians were going into that field because it was steady work. You know, they were sick of the oil and get, you know, worked in the natural gas fields and I got laid off after two years and then it goes up and it goes down like the wind always blows. and. Here you have Texas, the, you know, would would be the sixth largest uh, wind producer as a nation, just the state of Texas. So that was an economic story, exactly. Like just totally find your side doors into it and capture the people and places that make these stories real. Because the reason people are refuting it. Um, are grounded in other changes that are happening in their communities and their lives. And if we don't hear that and recognize it, I think we're missing a huge way to, to further the dialogue about the whole story. Let's open it up to questions, yeah? Thank you.